Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We pray the blood of Jesus over thyroid eye disease. We continue to lift up those on my daily sick list. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the King of glory, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Christian faith is built on seven principles. I'll discuss those today so that when you share your faith, you have a firm foundation. The first principle of the Christian faith is the divine inspiration of the Bible based on 2 Timothy 3.16, which says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Paul writes these words, all scriptures, to include the God-breathed word emerging from the apostles and the prophets. This meant that the word was added to the Hebrew scriptures. Paul's letters were read along with the scriptures as commanded in Colossians 4.16 and 1 Thessalonians 5.27, which reads, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Peter also agreed with including Paul's writings under scripture And it says, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you and also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which some things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. My friends, Peter admits that some of Paul's writings were hard to understand, but they were given to him by the wisdom of God. It is not enough to mention that God inspired men to write. It is the very words of God that they wrote. A man came up to me after a church service one Sunday. He had not attended the service, but he saw me with my Bible, and he asked me if the Bible was God's word. I shared why I believed that it was his word. The man wanted to know the why, the how, and the what about the Bible. I shared with him the power of the words written on the pages. We parted ways after he agreed to start reading the Bible on a regular basis. This man was once a critic, but after witnessing to him, he became an ally. There are no shortage of Bible critics, as some say it was not inspired, just written by men. But the Bible continues to stand the test of time. It is the most purchased book year after year. It is unique because of God's ability to predict future events, but not only predicting the event, but he also shapes the event. All scripture is profitable. That is, it is helpful or advantageous for man as a way to live now and as a way to live in the future. We can make all the excuses we want, justify our behavior as right, but when the word of God says it's wrong, then we are wrong. His word is to let us know when we are wrong and to correct us. The second pillar of the Christian faith is the existence of an infinite personal God. There are those who argue for proof of God's existence, even though they are surrounded by proof, and they themselves are proof of his existence. The fact that they argue about something they believe does not exist proves he exists. Science has admitted that DNA, cell structure, the eye, the brain, the earth, and the universe all show the evidence of intelligent design, not random coincidence. 
In Paul's letter to the Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 through 23, he teaches that man tries to suppress the truth of God. Our Creator has revealed Himself in His creation. Just look around. He has also revealed Himself within our own selves, in our hearts. He is the painter, we are the canvas, and God signed His name on each of His originals. Isaiah 40 verses 18 through 23 describes the glory of God. He cannot be compared to an idol since they are made by the hands of a man. In Isaiah 40:22, the prophet describes God as sitting on the circle of the earth. Now tell me, how can a man who lived in the 8th century BC know that the earth was a circle unless it was revealed to him by God? Isaiah 40 verses 27 through 28 relays to us that there is nothing in our life hidden from God, and there is nothing neglected by God. His understanding is unsearchable. David says in Psalm 23 and 1, The Lord is his shepherd, and he has everything that he needs. That word shepherd relates to a personal friend, an associate, and a companion. This signals a personal relationship. My friends, my God is a God of personal relationship building. The third pillar of the Christian faith is the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. From his birth to his death, from his resurrection to his second coming, shows the exclusiveness of Jesus. Over 300 prophecies were written about him in the Old Testament. He was born of a virgin, the king of glory, yet he spent his first hours on earth in a feeding trough. He was baptized, yet never baptized any of his disciples. He healed the sick of all manner of diseases, yet was called a devil by his enemies. He walked on water, quieted the storm, causing many to believe on his name. He trained his disciples to become world changers. He was killed for claiming to be the Son of God and rose on the third day as he predicted. His sacrifice on the cross means that our sins are paid in full. His resurrection means that we will be raised from the dead as well to spend eternity with him for believing in him, for trusting him, and for obeying him. The fourth pillar of the Christian faith is salvation by grace. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, you cannot work, plead, or buy your way into heaven. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 teaches, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. My Christian comrades, if not for the grace of God, we would all be doomed to hell, because a holy God cannot be in the presence of sin. And since we are all sinners, we would not be able to spend eternity with God. But God loves us so much, His gift to us was Jesus, and those who accept God's gift are saved. Now that's a hallelujah moment. We have no say-so in the matter. It is already done for us. We just have to take the free gift. Those who decide to create their own rules of admission into heaven are in for a rude awakening. That brings me to pillar number five, substitutional atonement. Jesus died in our place. My Christian friends, my sins deserve to be punished, and your sins deserve to be punished. But because Jesus volunteered to leave heaven, come to earth, and take my place on the cross, my sins were nailed to the cross with him. He took my place. Now there's another hallelujah moment. John 10 verses 17 through 18 says, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, 
but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Folks, every sin that we have committed and will commit has been paid. Jesus traded his righteousness for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 teaches, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. The sixth pillar of the Christian faith is the personal spiritual regeneration. You must be born again. John 3 and 3 has Jesus telling Nicodemus, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. My friends, born again can be translated born above, meaning to have a new life. Our new life begins when the Holy Spirit renews your life. Then we are led by the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit, and we live by the Spirit. The seventh pillar of the Christian faith is personal spiritual sanctification. My brothers and sisters, now that we have been set apart by the work of the Holy Spirit, we need to continue to grow in holiness through prayer, meditation, and Bible reading. We need to practice acts of goodness, justice, love, and compassion. We do not make ourselves holy. We grow into holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 7 and 8 says, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. My friends, these seven pillars include the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They made you and I as a crowning achievement of creation. Of all the things in this vast universe, God chose man to be the best thing he created. He deserves glory for creating us, he deserves our praise for saving us, and he deserves our honor for filling us. Will you give your life back to him? He's waiting. If so, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for your word, for you are God, the creator of heaven and earth. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. Thank you for your grace. Now send your Holy Spirit to me and through me so that I may worship you forever. In the name of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the Donate button. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.